Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Three, two, one. Let's go. What's hot in the strip clubs? Your hosts, the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the Exotic Dancer Publications DJ of the Year Award, Danny Myers and Alon Fong. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. We are found on all major streaming platforms, or you can go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. I'm your host, Elon Fong, and you are listening to Behind the Curtain. What we do on Behind the Curtain is we pull the curtain back, the proverbial curtain of the strip club industry, and we introduce you to some of the talented and unique individuals uh, that work in that industry. And I'm telling you, they have some of the most unique stories and are some of the most talented people you could ever meet. Today's guest is no exception. He's become a true inspiration to me. He's a 24-year veteran of the strip club industry, born in Bay Point, California. He's worked in Tulsa, San Francisco, Phoenix. Uh, He's also been a musician for 40-plus years of his life, guitarist and singer. And the inspiration part, this man has overcome some unbelievable health issues over the last couple of years, and I've watched him go on this journey. I've talked to him when he's at his some of his lowest points, and I see where he is now today. He's still working the recovery process of his injuries, and we'll get into all that in just a little bit. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my friend and my inspiration, Mr. Chris Allen. Chris, welcome to the show. Howdy. Nice to uh, nice to hear you. It's so good seeing you, man. You look great. You look happy. This is it warms my heart to, to see you like this, my friend. Thanks, man. It, 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 it's a process. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it does. We're gonna we're gonna get to all of that, but you know, this is yeah. a music podcast to begin. So let's start with some fun stuff, then we'll get to the serious stuff, and then we'll do some more fun stuff on the end. So let's start with your your music career. How did guitar enter your life? How did it become such a big thing in your life? What what lit that fire? My big sister had one around, and I picked it up when I was about five and started messing with it. My grandfather took me down to all the senior citizen center. They had like a little guitar class there. And I was a I was a fat kid with no friends and and nothing to do, man. I you know, I'd literally sit in the front yard of my grandma's house, sit on the grass, play guitar by ear. Wow. Uh, I might have been in fifth grade, sixth grade, maybe. And my uncle, you know, he'd heard me play, and because he had a guitar lying around, and he gave me an old Norma hollow body guitar, oh, kind of like a, a ES three three five knockoff kind of thing, and an amp. And we had gone up to Seattle on a train. We'd gone up on Amtrak, so I brought a guitar on Amtrak home and I didn't have a case. So it was like always out. That's awesome. And it was since it was, you know, semi hollow, like you could actually hear it. And so I, like, I would sit on the car and just, you know, scrum songs or whatever. Yeah. Just started learning some rock and roll after that, man. I started listening to, I listened to eight tracks of like the Beatles and Hendrix. Nice. You know, un- uncle also gave me a, I don't even have it anymore, dude. I had a, it was in the vinyl, never played album of Montrose. With Sammy Hagar oh, yeah. on vocals, yeah, from like '74. Sure. Yeah, dude, that's that. Like, you're a candy baby. That yeah, that, that, that whole like album, like you know, Ryan Montrose and Y&T, just a bunch of influences in the Bay Area. But yeah, I eventually started taking guitar lessons. By the time I was in high school, I got to be pretty decent at it. Started taking a few lessons. Hell, man, I I thought I was going to be a rock star. So I 
Didn't yeah. we all? <laughs> I played uh, a common know, I, theme. I played in a lot of cover bands. I did. I hosted a lot of jam nights and whatnot. Kind of got to be kind of like a not, not like a session player per se. I've done some sessions for money. Like I've had people pay me to just lay down some cool. guitar riffs or whatever. I got to where I was. I was working with different types of music. Like I, you know, I, after high school and college, you know, I, I thought I was going to be a music major. Found out really quick mm-hmm. that was like the dumbest thing ever. Because <laughs> you know why? Because music majors want to grow up to be high school band teachers. Oh, and they, okay. They are as square. They're as square as a Nissan Cube, <laughs> uh, most of them. And um, <laughs> and they all sight read. I was illiterate. I couldn't oh, wow. read music, but I could pick my <laughs> instrument up and I could hear something and just effortlessly, you know, bring it right back out. So, like, God, music theory class is a bitch. And like, and everybody, you That's have to do sure. all your homework on the piano and yeah. everybody has to play piano. I didn't know how to play piano. So I'm, I'm literally sitting with a college professor with the Microcosmos book, which is a Russian piano study. It is for oh, it's typically what you would learn in like first or second grade. If you wanted to be a little kid, I'm just like, this is a fucking waste of time, man. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of like I was sitting there with, with somebody that's like a, I think they played like an oboe or some shit. I'm like, well, can't you like, like if you just hear something <laughs> in F, like can't you just pick it up and like, like fit in in F? Like, no, I need the music in front of you. Like, so you can't like close your eyes and just jam. Like right. you guys aren't musicians. Like, well, no, we all want to be teachers. I'm like, get right. me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, improvisation. I agree. You got to feel it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I worked, I, I, I worked doing bars and I, there was a stint I had, like I was, a, I was a one man band. Uh, I had a, Oh, cool. I had a Roland workstation that I called Chip. Chip was awesome because once I hired Chip, <laughs> like um, my my bass player was always on time. My drummer stopped fucking my girlfriend. You know, was, <laughs> and he you was just like, couldn't sing. Luckily, you sing too, and I sing. And, and I would, you know, I, I'd have my, my electric stuff and my acoustic stuff with me. I'd set up the workstation and a PA and monitors. I'd roll up to a bar, and if you walked in from outside, you'd think that there was like a big ass band in there. And, right? you know, I, even when I would track the, even when I would track the sequences, I would slop them up a little bit so that it sounded like a drunk sure. bar band. I just stumbled into the club thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to school in Tulsa. I went there to, I was going to go be a uh, jet engine mechanic. Oh, cool! Was, God, dude, I still owe fifty thousand dollars in student loans. Yeah, I'm working at this. I'm working at this club. I was, I was the, I was the lot bitch. I was the parking okay. lot security guy. That little van, I had a little shuttle van out there, and I. Mostly, what my job was is to keep track of how many times the sheriff's cars came by, because the sheriff's cars were hitting our customers. They were coming by. We actually, Johnny had a really good lawyer. My club owner had a real good lawyer, and uh, they sued the county, and they actually assigned us really? a sergeant. Sergeant would come by like every once in a good, real nice guy, good sense of humor. He just he'd come through, he'd just say hi, you know, at the door, and look around, and just make sure that you know nobody was acting like a drunk jackass, and that helped walk the girls in the cars and shit like that. So, we, you know, that was where I was started. And Johnny and my boss, uh, or my DJ, Al, they had come out to watch my band. I'm playing the first song. By the way, I haven't told you this, but, like, eventually my music, it evolved. I played porno blues. Porno blues. We'll get into porno like blues in a minute. They came out to watch me play, and I'm playing, like, the second song, and, like, the second note of the second song, pop, a okay. pop a string. And I, I only had the one electric guitar with me that night. So I restring the guitar with a Floyd Rose tremolo, which if you're a guitar player out there, that that takes like extra doing. I put a new I put a new string on, and as I'm doing it, I'm at the bike stand, <laughs> and I'm just 
running through like a little right. stand-up routine. I entertain the crowd for that, and and Al comes up to me. And he says, "Chris, you know, well, he goes big. Well, my blues name is Big Nasty because I seen the porn. That's where the name says, came from. Okay, he says, Nasty. There you go. You've got an amazing voice. We need to make you a DJ. Al was from Fort Smith, Arkansas, and he looked like a Keebler elf, and he was a former Pentecostal minister. And so I started shadowing Al inside, kind of picking up his vibe, and I'm like, oh, my God. He's preaching to these people. <laughs> That's awesome. This is his fucking congregation. I always kind of looked at it a lot like that, especially I've worked yeah. over the years. I work a lot of Sundays, a lot of Sunday day shifts. And uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, here at the First Church of What's Shaking Now. You know, like... Uh, you know, I'm like, let's let's have the Sunday service. You know, and, <laughs> Hallelujah, and brother! A, it's a naked sermon. Hallelujah! And this was a jukebox joint. Like, I didn't even DJ. I just MC. Yeah, and um, and so, and it was the old school uh, jukebox. Like, oh, it actually cool. had physical CDs in it. So, Mike, <laughs> Mike hit. You know, and I was so I was just and so Al taught me the fundamentals. He taught me how to upsell. He taught me how to you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We got champagne now. You know how to do. How to sell dances? How to you know how to close a night down? Call to action the the you know the urgency for the sale. We got this song and three more, gentlemen. This song and three more. You got to get those dances and don't be sitting there looking at her. <laughs> Sit there with her sitting on you looking at her. You know, like there whatever you, you know, whatever you know, dumb thing you do. And I mean, dude, once I uh once I got a a decent night at work and it was like a Monday night or something like that, I had like two hundred some dollars in my pocket. I can think of only like one or two times I've ever gone to a gig and played guitar and got one or two hundred dollars or, you know, got two hundred dollars. And that involved hauling a truckload of gear and usually climbing upstairs and shit. All I did was sit on my ass and talk crap and slap somebody on the ass. This is great. Yeah, there's been a there's been a pretty consistent theme of uh, failed or disinterested or uh lost faith musicians who become circle djs i think like 80 percent of the guys i've talked to were former musicians how, so how did uh djing like proper djing where you actually were spinning the music music and mixing as well as emceeing start for you, you know, when did that kind of kick in i was at another club in tulsa called the ritz there's an actual club they actually had a real dj set up they had a uh american dj or whatever in the booth now they were they were always on they were always on their jukebox anyways yeah 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 but they had features there and so when a feature would come through they would bring me their okay. CD and I basically I just pushed play in the booth is all I'm really doing you know started doing that and I when I got to San Francisco after I'd left Tulsa no actually no I was DJing before I left Tulsa that's right the, the third club in Tulsa that I went to they actually had they had a jukebox for the day shift and my setup for the night shift and we played CDs. And girls would bring me, I did, I had all these girls with CDs all with their track numbers on them, on post-it notes. And then at the end of the night, they come get their CDs. It was doing good. It was, it was cool, you know, and it wasn't even DJ gear. It was like, I had one of my CD players was a five disc changer. And another one was like, so, you know, and I even had a cassette deck that was wired into the yeah. mixers, old school, like the best Radio Shack mixer you could get. Yep. The cassette deck was wired into it. And they had, <laughs> they had a uh, house music. Like they had like a house, like a rack of CDs that were just like the houses. Yeah. Most clubs did back then, right? Yeah, the house CD collection. Right. And it was like, you know, uh, like writing your own discs uh, was just barely maybe going to become a thing. And I started with that and we moved uh, moved to San Francisco overnight one, uh, or you know, back home one one night, just what the hell, let's get out of Tulsa. Back to my mom, like, you know, hey, I want to go see your mom. I want to go see my mom too. So I went back there. 
was bouncing between <laughs> jobs. I was using dope back then. I was tweaker big time. I was going to say, you you said uh, in our pre-talk that you were 17 years meth-free. So congratulations on that sobriety from that. That's a Yes, sir. Today is actually my day. And by the way, I owe, um, I and I always, I always shout him out for this, dude. Daniel Montoya fucking helped me get off fucking dope. Well, congratulations. By then, I was working in San Francisco, and I was staying at the uh, the Basque Hotel, like, right down the hallway from him. And he worked, like, almost directly below us. He worked at the Hungry Eye. And I worked around the corner at Little Darlings. I, I, you know, I was like, man, you know, Dan, I, I just, uh, I gotta, I gotta make a change here. You know, I, I kind of, kind of got my ass handed to me and like the, the last club I'd worked at, they're like, dude, you're not working at any more San Francisco clubs. Cause the dude told me, he goes, man, when you're on, you're the best jock in San Francisco. And when you're on one, you're the worst jock in San Francisco. And all lately, all you've been is on one. Yeah. Like I'm not hiring you back. Cause they, they days of booze clubs, they own almost all the clubs in San Francisco. And there's a management company there that they manage all the clubs. So, I mean, they, I could get hired. I could get fired on, Tuesday afternoon and yeah. get a call Tuesday at 6 p.m. from another club right around the corner. Like, hey, uh, nasty, uh, my DJ is not coming in tonight. Can you help me? But yeah, I, I stopped. Uh, I, I decided to do it cold turkey like that. And um, sure. he really he, he talked to me. He kind of talked me through some of that, man. Like that right at the very first start. And he told me, he was like, dude, I just went through something like this, man. And it's not easy. I said, I should quit smoking cigarettes too. And he says, no, no, no. You're going to need those for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Took me another word. Good people, man. Good people. Dude, right he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's great, you know? And, and, um, I got a job in San Francisco. Uh, I started New Century Theater. All that. It's like still playing CDs. Like the, the head DJ there, he had like a footlocker full of CDs there. So I just started burning discs. So I mean, I, and I still have all those discs. I still have like they were like my actual CDs that I bought and ones that I had burned. I use a computer for the first time. I worked with John Harden at uh, Hustler, and um, I, I went to the Harden One Hundred and One School of Okay, now you can rock a mic, man. Let me show you how to really yeah. rock a mic. But uh, that was the first time I, I used a computer. And I even when I moved to Phoenix in '06, I didn't get a hard drive until I was already here and working for a minute i was late on the computer thing dude i was so far behind everyone used to tease me in panda i didn't switch to uh virtual dj till 2014 <laughs> what were you using i burned stuff i you know i same thing as you except i just kept going and going my and going. god did you yeah but you were doing it in the 2010s yeah yeah look man i'll say this i say this all the time it's not about the platform it's about your song selection that's true and as long as you have as long as you have the song so especially in a strip club right you don't I mean, we we do beat match a little bit, but it's not as important as when you're a club DJ, right? Where you're not talking over transition. Well, yeah, I mean, I like we we learned how to do that. Like we, when I worked at, at New Century Theater, they had a nice Denon, that uh, Denon twenty one hundred F. Uh, you could you could like pitch lock and slow it down at whatever your tempo you wanted. You could do all that. You could actually scratch on the damn thing. Uh, I loved that. I loved that CD player. That was a great CD player. Now all the stuff, all the buttons that we got, it's like, no wonder there's a bunch of idiot kids that want to be a hundred dollar DJ. Cause it, it literally, you could, you could sound halfway convincing with, you know, just pushing some buttons. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's take a short break right here. And then we're going to come back and kind of talk about what's been going on with you lately. And some of the stuff you've had to overcome. We'll have more with Chris Allen right after this. This is DJ Mike D with my chum, Elon Fong. 
right here on the What's Hot in the Strip Club podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. We are back with Chris Allen on Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find us on all major streaming platforms or go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. We're back with Chris Allen, uh, living in Phoenix, Arizona now. Uh, we were talking about his strip club DJ career and his music career. And now we're going to move into something I teased earlier in the show. We're going to talk about some of the crazy health stuff he's had go on uh, in his life the last, what, four years? And pre-COVID, I think it started a little bit... Two years? Okay. Okay. Two years then. So it started during COVID. Let's, so how do, how did you sustain your, let, let's tell everybody what your initial injury was and how that happened. So I was, uh, I had been, <clears throat> I've been sleeping in my office for the longest time because uh, I have a queen size bed and I, my ass is huge. 
And I usually wind up rolling over and elbowing uh, Sarah in the face. That's his wife. Just to make things easier. I have a, I have a twin bed in my, in my office and I would, I would sleep in here. So I had been consuming a lot of alcohol. Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> and probably a healthy amount of marijuana with it. Okay. And I'm sitting on the foot of my bed and <clears throat> I had to work a day shift at Christie's the next day. I was working at Christie's in Tempe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I figured like, well, I need to go to sleep really quick. I'll probably just better rub one out. So I hadn't even started playing a movie, but when, when, when Sarah found me and she had to get the phone all nine months, mm-hmm. she's like, she had your shit open to Pornhub. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep sitting on the foot of my bed and my body fell forward. And the first thing that hit the floor was my forehead. Oh God. And I broke my, I broke my C4 vertebrae. My wrist had fall was underneath me. And there was something, probably a pair of shoes on the floor. Okay. I broke my wrist in three places. Oh my God. And while I was on the floor with my cheek pressed up against the floor, I was a quadriplegic. Oh my God. I didn't know. I couldn't move a fucking thing. That is scary. So I I was going to make a joke, but I really can't now. Oh, you can make a joke now. Cause I, <laughs> cause I mean, it's like I had, I had a, uh, I had like every disc in my neck was completely blown out. I've had surgery to correct it now. Oh my God. I, you know, I earlier that week I, I was at the bar. I'm like, every time I look up at the TV, I kept getting like a little jolt through my arms. Oh, so you had some neck problems you weren't really aware of yet then. I wasn't even really aware of them yet. So I, I my, my one arm is right in front of me on the floor and I, I can't even move a finger. Oh my! So you're so. Let me back up here. So you were uh, having go, planning on having a self pleasure session, passed out, <laughs> essentially passed out before you even got going, and fell on your face and wrist and became a quadriplegic in that moment. Yeah, that is insane. So Sarah, your wife finds you like this, like, oh my yeah. god, are you alive? Are you okay? Calls nine one one. Emergency team comes in. Yeah, we call nine one one. Stabilizes you. Um, she she can't she can't move me. The fire department gets there. Is your wife a nurse? Oh hell no, no. She, oh okay, uh, okay, okay. Oddly enough, she just recently got a job about six or eight months ago building jet engines. Holy shit! <laughs> Don't be mad. Like, that was supposed to be my job. She has a great <laughs> she has a great job. Wow. Well, congratulations to your wife. Yeah, yeah. I really do. She needs that because um, I don't work anymore. Right. <laughs> right. When, the, when the fire department got there, I kind of got to, I could kind of rock my hips a little bit. Okay. I'm like, well, that's a good sign. And they it took six of them to get me, drag me out from underneath the bed. They kind of sat me up on my chair, on my office chair. Mm-hmm. My arms and legs started working again. Oh, thank but God. Everything was really fucked up, though. Um, sure. I didn't go to the hospital right away with them because they were kind of, they were kind of like, well, one of them was kind of rolling his eyes at me, I guess. Made, made like a drinky, drinky motion or something like that. Sarah caught it. And she whispered that shit in my ear. And they're like, well, you want us to call you an ambulance? I'm like, you can call one already. Fuck. No, go. I'll, I'll get my own ass to the hospital. Which, wow. which I, uh, I actually did. Sarah drove me down there. That's uh, crazy. A couple hours later. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of nervous system damage, a lot of spinal cord damage. It's what they call an incomplete spinal injury a complete spinal injury is where it's broken like you're like torn the you're in a wheelchair forever like yeah like you're a paraplegic or you're a quadriplegic like that's a complete spinal injury so what i have central cord syndrome which is uh the central the center of your uh, spinal cord Mm -hmm. it affects a lot of stuff with like you're walking using the john 
uh it affects stuff with like sensation and and it's mm-hmm. it's like the body is amazing like uh like what the, what they told me is like you know you you're connected but you're not connected like you mm-hmm. know your body's got to make new neural pathways like for signals to get through and it's until then it's going to be really garbled right. the first i spent basically a year just short of a year before i was able to take my first step um i was wow. totally like i was it, at first i was totally just in a hospital bed or in a wheelchair and to get me in and out i had a hoyer lift in my room like they literally had a hoist yeah. in my ceiling of my hospital room to get me in and out of bed. So by the time I got home, wow. I it was still, I, I used the, what's called the slide board. It's kind of looks like a big skateboard blank. It's like smooth wood. Yeah. And um, you basically put that under your butt cheek and you slide the patient to where you're going to transfer them to. And, and I mean, she had, she had to help me quite a bit. Yeah. She's probably doing like 30% of the work. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to, yeah. trying to scooch my butt over and, Eventually, I got to where I could do it myself with the with the board. Okay, and then eventually, I'm just like you know that whole way over to the wheelchair. My uh, my butt's really not on this board. Let me try it. I, I do these <laughs> nice. things when Sarah's not looking because she's like a helicopter wife. When I'm, she's super duper. She's so loving, and she she just terrified her man. She's like sure. that's traumatic for like everybody. Sometimes I think, babe, babe, stand back, let me get it. I got this. I got I got to fail a couple times. Like I'm learning. I you know I did learn everything. Uh, I didn't have my use of my right hand first three months while it was healing and doing a spinal injury and having to do like hospital and ICU and then rehab hospital is the worst. It's like, I have three hours of physical therapy every day trying to do all that shit with only one hand sucked. Like, I mean, like they come and bring me my lunch. It's like, no, I need you to like literally open the thing and put the, the sugar in my iced tea. Cause I, I can't open a package. Right. <laughs> wow. So you fracture your wrist, you're, you have the tr- spinal injury, so they got to triage you. So they got to treat your neck and back first, obviously, and then they work on your wrist. So you, how long were you in the hospital initially? Initially, I was in uh, the ICU for about a week, week or so there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was on fentanyl all the time. Big, huge shout out to Don Mega. Don came by, Don, I had to call Don. Like, I, I mean, literally, I'm on speakerphone. I'm still on the, I'm not going to make it into word today. I think I just broke my neck. Wow. Yeah, so Don is one of the strip club DJs in the, our Panda group, and he works with with Chris. And he great, great he, guy. He came too. by my hospital numerous times to see me throughout this this process. I had friends that came by. My friend, my friend Frank, came by and had to feed me. Like when I was first in there, like like after the initial shock, yeah, all the adrenaline had wore off. Even my left hand, I had to use like they had like these basically like a big foam pool noodle that you put on your mm-hmm. fork because I couldn't really hold a fork right. You know, like right. I, I totally couldn't text. I'd learn how to do speech to text real quick. Wow. I couldn't even, I was too weak to even hold a phone. Like lingering effects, like the left side of my body is weaker than sure. it used to be. And I'm left-handed. Like my, I, I've done so much rehab on my right side to to deal with this busted up wrist and, and my busted up shoulder that I'm now like in the weight room, I'm stronger with my right hand than I am with my left. Wow. Which is, which is crazy. So you could, you, you get treated initially, you start rehab. Now, I know that you had some, in your recovery, you definitely had some problems with some of the hospital, one of the hospitals. Yeah. Something went wrong. Yeah. So before we get to that, let me ask you this big question. So one of the things in, when I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to try, you know, share your hard-earned experiences and knowledge with people. So the question is, what three things do you wish you had known about using health insurance uh, that you didn't know before that you know now that you wish you had known when you really needed to? That is a very <laughs> good question, Elon. 
Thank you. It's been a real, like, serious, like, accelerated, you're going to get a four-year degree in two months kind of learning experience with this. Like, it's been, <laughs> it, like, it'll be, it May 21st will be two years since this happened. So I had, I had Obamacare. Okay. I, I, you want to know your own health. Like I, I have health issues anyways. Like I had high blood pressure and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. Need a mm-hmm. lot of doctors. So I, I didn't get like the, the bronze level coverage. I got like the silver level coverage, you know, somewhere like I could go to a specialist because mm-hmm. I need specialists. And that's just before I, this is before I got hurt. So you want to know where you're at with your own health and you want to know your coverage limits is really, really important. Okay. Because with this injury, it wound up being so big that, and and since I was getting the Obamacare subsidy, I, because I had this insurance, I didn't even have to wind up paying. I haven't paid a cent to have better. Good. Thank God. But you want, you want, you want to be aware because like you want to be aware of your max out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And when I picked, when I picked that insurance, it was actually the, it was actually one with the the lower maximum out of pocket per year. Good, thank God. It definitely helped. You you've got to know how things are billed. So when your insurance company wants to tell you no, you have to you have to be you have to be your own advocate. You have to speak up for yourself. And if you don't, if you can't speak up for yourself, I was super fortunate. My mom is a, a retired hospital administrator. Oh, thank God. And she actually she actually came down. To Phoenix when I had to have my second surgery on my wrist. She actually came down and stayed with me about 10 days and she speaks fluent hospital. <laughs> you so, know? so you're inpatient. You want to, you want to always, you want to check your meds and tell you what exactly they're giving you in that, in that thing. Right. If you think it's been too long and, and they are skipping your meds, your pain meds or whatever, you got to let them know, but you got to advocate for yourself. You got to, if, if the insurance company say doctors, we're not going to be able to pay for this procedure or this medication immediately ask. I need you to get a prior authorization. Learn that word, right. prior authorization. That is that is the thing that where your doctor goes to bat for you with the insurance company. And the other term you want to know is medically necessary. Because yeah. I've had to get stuff where they're like, well, we're not going to pay for that. Turns out it was medically necessary. Okay. They're going to, you know, they, they take care of it. And you want to know your hospital. Like lastly, you want to know your hospital, like where you're at. And when I, when I say that, I mean, this kind of ties in with what you're asking about a minute ago. If something doesn't look right, get a different hospital. You can ask for that. You could say, okay. I would like to be discharged and sent here instead. There's ways that it can be done. If you're not like my, my case, I wouldn't have been able to do it. You can leave against medical advice. You can get an AMA discharge and go to oh. another hospital. Like help me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is a case of, let me, let me clarify that because I, I've never really heard of that. So you're not just leaving because you don't want to do what the doctor tells you. You're trying to go get better care or care that makes more sense to you, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Like you want to definitely, you know, if you're, if you're in a situation where you're inpatient, mm-hmm. be prepared. Like you may not have the best hospital. You know, I, one of the rehab, I, my first hospital stay, I told you about the ICU. I was in the hospital a total of a hundred days the first time. Wow. I went to do three different rehabs because- the first one I went to, uh, for some reason, I started to get some kind of infection. My God, I was running a fever. Oh, wow. They won't let you be in there, especially this is during COVID, too. Like, Yeah, like, I was going to say. But yeah. if you've got the, you know, I needed IV antibiotics for this infection. Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't figure out what it was or where it was. And I guess it was all, they fixed it up. I'm, I'm good to go. So like after they'd sent me back to the first hospital I was in, they go to send me back to a rehab. Well, they didn't have a bed for me there. They sent me to this place out by Sun City West. It's out there. And it's, I mean, like, I was by far the youngest patient there. And they had really good equipment and they had pretty decent physical therapists. 
their nursing was atrocious. Uh. While I was there, um, you know, I had about 14 staples on the back of my wrist where mm -hmm. I had the surgery for my first surgery. Um, you know, you, they're supposed to change that bandage every, you know, couple of days or whatever. One of the, and I just noticed she was doing stuff. I'm like, that doesn't look like she's doing it the right way. Like they're supposed to do Like and there's, there's a strip of this stuff called zero form that they put down over your staples. Mm -hmm. And it is like a mad, like infection barrier. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's like antiseptic and uh, she didn't put the zero form on. Just kind of wrapped it in gauze. I got an infection. I'm like, wow. They didn't really, it took them a day or two to, for them to even like send me to my hand doctor to have it checked out. Like, look, I can feel how hot this is through my bandage. Ooh, ooh. Like, and it hurts like hell. Like, can we take me down there? They, there was pus coming out of everything. They yanked all, they yanked the pins out while I was Good awake. They yanked, the, they yanked the staples out while I was awake. Hell. And they're like, you're going to be going to surgery tomorrow. Tomorrow? Holy <laughs> shit, man. It's like, can we go now? Yeah. Please. So they, they, they scooped me up out of there and they took, and I didn't realize, you know, if they sent you to a different hospital or whatever, you have to take all your shit. Like, yeah. they're sending you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, my bag with my laptop and everything in it was still in my room. Like, Sarah and I had to come by there. Like, they didn't even bother. Like, she just walked right in, walked, walked right past the front desk, came upstairs. Like, you're not supposed to do that, you know, especially at a, like a rehab facility. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed to just don't walk in there. She's like, somebody could have walked off with your shit. Yeah. Um, I, they let me fall out of a bed there. I fell on my knee, wow. like, dude, like the nurse and then the nurse yelled at me for falling out of the bed. She yelled at me from, a, I did it intentionally. She Thanks. yelled at me from across the room as I'm like hanging onto the side of the bed with my good arm. Like, help me. Help me. I like, like, she like <laughs> watched me go splat. Thought about, I thought about doing a whole like lawsuit and everything, but dude, honestly, cause I, I, I had a case. You want to be done with it. Dude, my full-time job the past few years has been getting better. So, yeah. I hear that. It's nice now. I'm not having to go to like three different specialists every week. It gets better. <laughs> yeah, I can. Well, I can tell. Like I said, you, your aura and just your personality is back, man. And I'm so happy to see that. So again, if you doubt or question something or something doesn't feel right, trust your gut. Ask questions. Stand up for yourself. You got to be your own advocate. Hopefully, you have a family member there who can maybe if you know you can say, "Hey, could you?" Yeah, or whatever. Right? <laughs> if you're too weak or you're not feeling good, right? But you got to have people with you. Yeah, people. If you have a nurse in your circle, if you have a nurse in your circle, yeah, be nice to them. You may need that, <laughs> right? Maybe, like, give the room a once over. Yeah. And the thing is, it's it's not always negligence. It's not even incompetence. People make mistakes and they have to deal with so many patients and there's so much going on. So it happens. You got to look out for yourself because they can't always look out for you. I know they try their best most yeah. of the time and they do their best. So I don't want to act like I'm, you know, smashing all, you know, healthcare workers. That's not the case, but no, no, no. But I mean, there's, there's sometimes you get like a CNA that is, uh, that is awesome at her, at her, his job. And they're, they're good at your patients and you get others that are just like, I can't stand being here. I was just a paycheck. Well, you know, like, dude, there was a point in time when I totally needed my ass wiped yeah. for like a minute. Wow. And there's one lady I was like, had to clean me up. It's like, damn near tore my ass open, man. I'm like, she's, I'm like, damn, sandpaper? what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah. You're supposed to kiss me on the cheek before you try that. <laughs> and you know what I did is I'm just like, and I didn't like her, I didn't like her demeanor at all. And I just, I asked for the charge nurse. That's 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 when you have to be caring. I'd like to speak to a manager. The manager at the hospital that is your charge nurse. Okay, good to know. And I don't want that person touching me again. Right. They'll make that happen. That's what I say. That's why I say be your own advocate. Yeah. Because the at, at the first hospital I was at, mm -hmm. where I got hurt, 
I don't even know. They're so understaffed. I don't even know that they could have done anything about it. Right. But any like reputable hospital, mm-hmm. I, I've had it. Both my my last two hospital stays, I've had, you know, there was a nurse's aide that just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, that one, uh-uh. <laughs> well, good, man. It's, you got to stand up for yourself. And they're more than happy to make the adjustment for yeah. you if, if you tell them. How can they know if you don't tell them? If yeah, you don't tell them. I agree. Well, man, right. so where are you now in your recovery? Kind of what's so you are moving about. I see you, you know, you're in your wheelchair now, but you're moving about now. I know you uh so let's talk about where you are in recovery or what's next for you in, in this recovery process for you. Well, I had spinal reconstruction surgery. It'll be one year okay. ago on June 8th. I'm fused from my C3 to wow. my C7. So I have two titanium plates and about a dozen titanium screws in my vertebrae there, and they the surgery is called an anterior discectomy. So they cut me across my throat mm-hmm. from ear to ear. And two guys like held my insides apart while the doctor went in there with a Makita and screwed me together. And they take out the discs because every disc was like bulging, ruptured, etc., herniated. The discs are removed. The spine won't move at that mm-hmm. junction. About 12 weeks to recover. You know, I had a, I had a collar on like at all times, except for when I ate okay. or when I took a shower. The very next day, like I got strength back in my limbs. Awesome. Not all of my strength, but like noticeably. Like the, the first time I went to stand up after my surgery, I was like, boing, like, whoa. Yay. Hey, that's nice. Cause I leading up to the surgery, I was going to like, I was going to prehab. I was going to like physical therapy mm-hmm. just to get, cause I just started walking, mm-hmm. you know, with a walker. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get as strong as I could, you know. So I had that done. And um, so I'm up to walking now. Where I, I go to a special gym. It's an adaptive gym. Okay. It's people of all different abilities, handicaps, totally regular people that go there. They got trainers. It's it's really awesome. Very cool. There's an indoor track and the surface is super smooth. Okay. So taking a walker, like like I went out to the bar at New Year's. I went bar hopping. Didn't bring a wheelchair. <laughs> Yay. And like I can get from the car to inside and sit down and have a drink. I can do that. Awesome, you know? dude. But go taking a walker through a parking lot is a lot more work Ooh. than taking a walker on the track. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm up to about I'm up to about 250 feet uh at a stretch. Awesome. Without needing a break. And if I don't do you have all your feeling in your extremities, all that's fine now. No. Um <laughs> no. like for for the months, you could like you couldn't even touch my skin like on my leg. So I, would, I would jump. It felt like I was getting tased. So like I was oh, so hypersensitive. So the opposite. So yeah, I, I had to. I worked through that over time, but I, it's I, it's not like it's before like sensitivity wise. Like I, when I'm barefoot, mm-hmm. I feel really really unsteady, and I I don't have a lot of feeling in my in my toes and in my feet. So I have to be careful okay. of that. It's I have to be careful. I have a drop foot on my left side, which is like that partial paralysis of the foot. It doesn't pick up when when you walk like. You, whether you realize oh, okay. it, you pick the toes up, but you take a step. So I have to bring that knee up. If I don't have the brace on for that, I have to bring my knee up higher, consciously do it, or else I'll stub my toe on trip. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I've fallen. I've fallen a couple times since since my surgery. Don't tell my surgeon that. Careful, man. Well, I, I I did. I I totally slipped off the side of my bed like the mattress had oh, no. slid over on my hospital bed, and I straight yeah. out and boom hit the floor, broke my nose. <laughs> but you know what's oh, no. awesome? I was able to get up off the what? floor. Hey, yeah, I guess so I, I go to I go to Ability Three Sixty like two to three times a week. I've been doing weight room and I've been doing walking. And just recently, I got a trainer and we started working in the pool. And that awesome. absolutely that kicks your ass. I have an hour booked on Thursday this week. I will awesome. probably only be in the pool maybe forty five minutes because they only there was only six people at a time that are allowed to use the therapy pool. So you got to book time slot. 
right, 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 right. But just standing up and walking around and doing my exercises in the pool, a half hour of that is like go to the weight room and hit the weights for two hours. Oh yeah, that's no joke. The first day I did it, I, I'm like, I, I used to have really bad sciatic pain. First day I did it, I'm staying in the pool. It's like this is great. If I fall, like it's you know, I'm walking around like free. Right. And after 30 seconds, I'm like, oh my god, my sciatic hurts. I haven't had this pain in two years. You know, it's my low back pain. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a good, good pain. pain, I guess. Yeah, but I'm getting. I'd start. I'm starting to get stronger at it. Like it's it's good for your balance and your core and good. all that stuff. And really, like I could do. There's cardio stuff I can do at the at the gym. Nothing does it like just walking with that walker. House is small and it's kind of cluttered. It's kind of hard to get around in here with the walker, but I do it. Like I make myself do it more. Good. I'll make myself. Um, I'm making myself. I'll go out front and I'll just walk down the draw down the little walkway to the my sidewalk and come on back into the house. Yep. You know, or, or uh, short walks when I'll go to the gym. If I don't have a spotter with my wheelchair, I'll just uh I'll bring the walker and I'll walk laps around the weight room. And I mean heart awesome. pounding, definitely gasping out of breath, but I'm I'm getting stronger. Good it's, man. It's it's all attitude. It really is like the whole thing I you said you said it. I, I had some really low lows. I, I've had some really low lows, but dude, I was a Freaking paraplegic or quadriplegic for half a minute. I I should have been a quadriplegic, three to three pound ass, like all my weight on my neck, you know, like really unflattering position to fall out of bed, like face down, ass up, feet tucked under the bed. God, six hunky fire. All that like, pressure on me neck. up and carry me somewhere. Yeah, like it's every girl's dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, man, one of the reasons I reached out to you, you're you're well on your way in your physical recovery. That's awesome. And obviously, mentally, you're doing much better. This makes me so happy. I'm overfilled with joy seeing you and where you are now. But one of the reasons I reached out, you just posted, hey, I kind of think I want to get back into DJing again. You posted a picture of your laptop, you had virtual DJ on. So what what is sort of... What is next for you? What are your plans? What are you hoping to do as you continue your physical recovery? What's next for you? Well, I'll be honest. And this is a shame on me as a DJ, but I was kind of dealing with some stuff. <laughs> I bit. haven't listened to any music in two years. I, I until recently, yeah. I would knew I knew like this song, like I knew that this song or this artist might piss off a lot of DJs because I hear him bitch about it on Facebook. I can help you. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> We've got these I, podcasts. So I've been checking out. I've been checking out. I've been checking out the podcast. I've been checking out the uh, I've been checking out the Panda Tracks playlist on uh, yep. Spotify. It's awesome, and you know they have music on at the gym. You know, like it's, the, it's sometimes it's old geezer rock, like I like, and then sometimes I'll hear it, I'm like, oh, what is yeah. this? Doja, all right, I like Doja Cat. That's yeah, all Doja's good, got some you know. Good stuff. Like you know, and so I'm I'm getting into that again, and I I did I went and bought a little controller and because you know like I said you got to kind of learn how to mix on the fly now yep. a little bit. Plus it looks cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get uh, try, I'm slowly but surely getting up to where like I can see her in the room and play music for it. All right. Well, so clubs in Phoenix, man, keep an eye out for DJ big nasty coming your way soon. We're going to get you back in the clubs, brother. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try that on a limited release. I like it. I like it. I might have something coming up, but I can't really. All right. All right. Well, you got to let us know and we'll, we'll get the word out to everybody. All right, man. Well, first of all, let me say again, your whole journey has been an inspiration. You've overcome things. I can't imagine overcoming much props, much respect, much love to you, man. I'm so thankful that that you're still with us, that you're not a quadriplegic, and that you are where you are now. And uh, you ready to have some fun? Hell yeah, right, dude. Brother. I'm ready to have some fun. All right, here we go. Big Nasty, Chris Allen, you are on the hot seat. These are the 10 modified questions as made famous by Bernard Pivot and James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I am, James. <laughs> Question number one. What's your favorite word? Mm, got a pen right here. It says 
fuck right off. <laughs> I, I, you know, I okay. It really shouldn't be fuck, but you know it's gonna be fuck. Actually, you know what? Well, we're getting there. We're, that curse word question is coming, so oh, let's okay. not well, use that. What's your favorite, word? favorite word? Me. <laughs> yeah. Me. There you go. What's your least favorite word? Oh, God, I don't know. There's so many words. I don't know that I have a least favorite one. I like all the words. What's one thing that makes something that just makes me uh, that makes me ill. Um, yeah. Thievery. Thievery. Okay. I, I I thieves. I hear okay. somebody being a thief. Uh, being a thief that just I, I i don't like people that steal from people got it what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally i think spiritually i um you know when i went through this whole thing i i kind of i yeah, i wouldn't say a thousand hospital room religion but uh you know it's kind of like i'm like well whatever's out there i'm gonna pray to it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like but, like nature like when i when i'm with nature like that that is really good i i just drove to see the folks up in Sacramento and we went up through, Oh my God, everything is just so in bloom in California. They call it a super bloom, oh, that's like beautiful fields of poppies that are so big. You can see them from the space station. Wow. I was just coming through and just looking at the mountains and like, we came through Palm Springs and the hills above Palm Springs had snow on them. Like that. Beautiful. In Palm desert. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That zip code, you know, oh, for sure, <laughs> that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. What turns you off? bitchiness okay just the whether a guy or a girl just if you're just if you're just a snapperhead man i just <laughs> i just i just don't want to like i just don't want to you know what i mean if, if even if i have to be nice to you yeah I'll be nice to you but i don't want to i get it i get it uh now what is your favorite curse word fuck fuck that's been everyone's answer no one is i think one actually person. you know what no you know what here's my favorite curse word cunt Cunt. There you go. I, 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 you know, there's, there's an art to like being able to like throw that into a conversation and not totally offend the room. <laughs> and, and, and you have to also not be concerned with offending the room. Or you can be Australian. <laughs> they use it very effectively. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie. Oi, 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 oi. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Kick drum yeah. on a really good sound system, like a bass guitar. Yeah. Big fat bass. Put on anything, anything from like use your illusion. Oh yeah, nice. Like the the way they the way that they they mic'd up the drums Matt and Sorum. Duff's bass yeah, on yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. play Civil War, mm-hmm. like the beginning of Civil War. He plays that first yep. bass riff, like you know, before during the intro of the song. It just sounds awesome. Like like when you go to a concert and they're doing sound check, that's the headliner. You hear that? You hear that kick drum go boom and it hits you in the Love chest. It. I fucking love that what sound or noise do you hate people with uh little hondas and nissans with that coffee can muffler <laughs> <laughs> they usually got some they usually got some stickers like from autozone it's just like gt like they put it on the back of their honda like this is a honda gt that's good yeah i used to live in glendale i saw so much of that shit. Oh my God. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt i don't know i you know i i I kind of thought about getting into like that's just the same thing I already do. It's voiceover, but no, you know what? I honestly, I I did want to be a mechanic, and I and I'm good at mechanical stuff. And I like my toolbox is like right behind me on the shelf. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, I had to pull, I had to pull it out and do something with my wheelchair the other day, and I like, I never felt so satisfied. There you go, being able to turn a screwdriver. I thought you were going to say you robotics because <laughs> I know you like. Honestly, uh, you know what? That would be that would be pretty dope. I actually actually have a, one of my friends actually drives for one of the BattleBots teams. Mm. That's very cool. And yeah, that's 
that's a really expensive hobby. I can't afford that. That's more, that costs more than cocaine, dude. <laughs> that's pricey. What profession would you never like to do? Not like to do anything that requires me to put on overalls and stand waist deep and up. <laughs> like, like pretty much. No, I, that's tank why guy. they have a show called Dirty Jaws yeah. because I get to watch other bastards do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be that poor bastard yeah. today. That's that's a good one. All right, here's the big one. This is the modified question. If heaven exists, when you enter the pearly gates, what musician or musicians would you most like to jam with or hear? Oh, God. Have you ever seen that list of all the rock stars? Oh, yeah. That are in heaven, like that poster? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the poster? Yeah. God, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um, God, I never got to see Stevie Ray. Yeah. I, 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 I had at least four or five chances, and it was... Oh. Back then, concerts were cheap. It's like, ah, I was working. Or I, I just don't have an extra 15 bucks this week. Like, you could get a lawn <laughs> seat for 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. You know, like I like I got to see BB King twice. Wow. That's awesome. That was, he was, oh, so good. I don't know who else would I like to hear jam with up there. Um, I would love to hear, God, love to hear John Bonham play some drums. Ooh, yes. I'd like to hear, uh, I believe John Entwistle from The Who is Dead, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, is he? Hold on. Let me think. Yeah, 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 I think he is. I mean, I'll have to Google that. I don't know. But yeah, dead rock stars. I, I would totally yeah. dig here. I'd love to see like yeah, Bonham awesome. and Hendrix jam with Bob Marley on vocals. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Like, you know, Jimmy Jimmy would have no problem getting nope. that upstroke yep. thing on the picking. And put his own flair on it, man. That'd be yeah, dope. Yeah, like he could. Oh, dude. All right, my brother, you are off the hot seat. You are off the hot seat. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. We will follow up with you and see where you are. And certainly once you, if you find a DJ gig, let us know. And we will we will announce it to the world. Listen, thank you so much for having me and putting up with me. I'm a motor mouth. It's <laughs> nice just to talk to somebody. <laughs> Amen. Well, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, you've been listening to Behind the Curtain of What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. We're found on all major streaming platforms, or you can go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. Tell your friends, share the show. I'm your host, Elon Fong. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to What's Hot in the Strip Clubs with Danny Myers and Elon Fong, presented by Panda and Strip Joints Music. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.